When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, time for another bonus episode. Today we're going to be talking euphoria with my friend Maddie. She runs the Instagram page Bravo and Booze. Follow her if you want Bravo content. Uh, She plays a, a game called Who Said That? And she posts quotes from housewives in her stories and you have to match them up. I'm surprisingly bad at it. Like I usually think I'm pretty damn good, but they're challenging. So they're only for like the true Bravo heads. Uh, but enjoy our conversation about euphoria. We talk about the finale and overall euphoria as a whole. So enjoy. Tell me your general thoughts on the Euphoria finale. Let's just get a temperature read. Obviously, you know, we saw the emotional parts of like the whole Fez ashtray, that whole situation. Um, But overall, I was like really disappointed. I feel like there was so much missing. There were so many plot holes, so many storylines that were like left untouched. And we spent too much time on things that like weren't relevant to the entire season. The song. I love the song. But then I was like, wait, this is really going on and on. And then he had the nerve to say, I'm still working on it. And I said, sir, it is done. You just need to edit now. That was a full song, like two verses, a bridge. You did the chorus three times. How much more (laughs) do you have to add to this song? Like you took a four minutes and like. It was nice to see Rue's reaction and her ability to like forgive him and forgive Elliot and everything. But like, I don't know. I feel like Sam Levinson, like the finales, like if you think of finale season one, there, we also had that weird like dance, dance routine, routine number, like music video. Yes. What was that? Oh, good. Because I thought that I assumed when I watched the finale of season one, I was like, I bet everyone's going to love this because I usually like hate stuff like that. And I was like, here we go. Everyone's going to be like you know, the symbolism and all that crap. But I'm like, I'm sorry, this is a full music video. Is she dead? Is she overdosing again? Are they like lifting her up to the heavens? What is the point of this? I feel like anytime that there's like a musical number or like a weird, like video-esque scene, like a music video-esque scene, I'm always like, is Rue dead? Are we going to come back to the next episode and Rue's going to be dead? I feel like she overdoses. Like, is that a symbolism for overdosing? I can't tell what you're trying to do here. That's why the entire season two was felt like, it felt like an anxiety attack every single episode. Yes. Because I had no idea where we were going with it. Here's my issue too with Sam Levinson. We know we're not going to get a third season for two years. Yeah. Now that is like... First of all, why? Okay. You have a job, sir. Okay. So I I chalked this weight up to like it being COVID and like, oh, they had to like stop production and whatever. And now when they're saying 2024, I'm like, sir, you did not start writing the third season. Like regardless of whether, whether it was picked up yet or not, we, 
what have we been doing this entire time? And if you know you're not coming back for two years, we have been on such an emotional roller coaster with this show. At least let us know exactly what we can expect moving forward and not leave it. Like when Rue, that last moment when Rue says, I stayed sober for the rest of the school year, I said, hold up. Wait, that's it? I yeah. like if she had said I stayed sober for the rest of the school year, Lori was paid off by so and so. Um, Fez is fine, but he's like in prison or something. But there was no other wrap up. It was like she narrated, and now we could kind of go, we could come back in two years and do anything if he felt like it. He could be yeah. like, Hey, I've just left it open ended enough. I could be like, Seven years have gone by. Yeah. And then, so then no. what did we just get all invested in these storylines for? There was no No. conclusion, even like a cliffhanger would like a cliffhanger where we're like, oh, what's going to happen next? As opposed to so. Is it over? What the fuck? (laughs) I was so upset about it. It felt like almost like a series finale with a lot of plot holes, the way that they felt like a series. Yes, Maddie, that's exactly what it (laughs) felt like. And that is why I think we all got kind of pissed off. Like, so I. okay. So the listeners, I don't think I've talked about this yet. Um, I had been, uh, I was smoking a joint with my sister before mm-hmm. the before I watched the finale, and I I got like way more stoned than I intended to. So <laughs> I do not recommend watching Euphoria violently stoned. No, it is. I feel like you'd be terrified. It's ter- it was terrifying. <laughs> I was watching it like I was like clutching my heart. I was it was really hard. So the first watch through, I was just happy I made it. I was like, it's over. <laughs> okay, I can breathe. Then I watched it the next morning. And mm-hmm. lo- I think I think what really sucked me in was the caddy Massey of uh, Massey. <laughs> Maddie Cassie play like fight and incorporating it in like that was all beautifully done. But then after that, we had so many holes that weren't answered. And then he's and then it's just done. When that song was going on and on, I was like, is this like a three hour finale? Because they're acting like they have all the time in the world. Yes, yes. And I I don't understand. So for me, I kind of count on HBO shows to be 10 episodes long. It's like kind of their standard. So for Euphoria to be eight, two seasons in a row. And online, when I looked it up when the season first started, it listed as 10 episodes. So I was like, oh, there's no way. And then all of a sudden, it was like next time on the finale, I was like, what? How did we, (laughs) how long is the finale going to be? Because there's no way we're going to finish up this play, figure out what's going on with Fez, take care of this love triangle. Like how, how, how? And then we only touched on a few of those things. So yes. So do you think that Sam truly does have a plan and is going to reveal it? Or do you think at this point he's like winging it? I, I have no idea. I feel and isn't very that confused. annoying. Yes. <laughs> annoying. I feel very confused. Like who's we could pick up like, um, you know, obviously they're going to have to address like what happened with Fez. Like you can't just, you know, ignore that. They're going to have to um, address the Maddie Nate situation of it all. Um, but like we completely wrote cat out of the entire second season. So like, what are we going to do with her? Um, Maddie and the mom that she babysits for. What was that? That oh, had yeah. like, 
what was that? What that? What was the purpose of that? It made no sense. I and mean, it never. I, I think I swear to God, he like lost. He got lost in his own stuff because the show is so like the play is a perfect example of Sam having so much fun with the DP, the director of photography and coming Mm -hmm. up with these like film nerd things, like coming up with these shots and these filters and these angles and these lighting things. And I was listening to Ryan Bailey's podcast with Alana Ubach, the one who plays Mm -hmm. Cassie, uh, Cassie and Lexi's mom. Mm -hmm. And she said that a lot of it, a lot of the direction they get from Sam is purely like stage direction. Like, the camera is going to come in really close to your head here, but there's no like acting direction. And so I think he got so lost in like creating these cool moments. Like when Cassie's slowly walking towards the stage, they did this really interesting thing with the filter on it. I used to want to be an actor. And so for a brief second, I was a director's assistant. And so I saw Uh like how nerdy it can get on set with DPs and directors. And so I could just imagine it's just like him focusing so much on making it look cool, but forgetting that there's actually a million storylines that you've got to keep up with because you've presented them to us. Yeah. Lori, Lori, don't make me be terrified of Lori and then not even talk about her again. What is your theory? So I honestly was convinced by like episode seven that Lori was going to, we know that she threatened Rue, right? Like if you fuck this up or you fuck me over, I'm going to send some scary people after you. Um, or I can kidnap, have you kidnapped and sell you off to some scary people. She said that line. We saw Rue in her house trying to sneak out, which was possible. I don't think I took a single breath that entire time. And then you know, she gets home and Gia like gets in bed with her the next episode. And she's like, you know, I don't know anything about you anymore. And Gia's like, I'll tell you when you get home. And I have a serious concern that they are going to kidnap Gia instead of Rue. I am like convinced. Oh my God. And in that episode, they don't. In that episode, they went to bed in bed together and you see the curtains blowing. And I was like, the windows open. Oh my God. What if someone comes in and they obviously that didn't happen, but I was convinced this entire season because we start to get to know more about Gia, which we haven't known before. We see Rue's mom be very clear about like, if I'm not going to lose, you know, I'm going to save one daughter. If I can't save two, like I, I, she's my priority. And then we start seeing the flashbacks of like when Gia was born and she's like, that's and Rue is with her dad. She's like, that's my sister. He's like, she'll always be your sister. That's my baby sister. We really start focusing on this relationship between Rue and Gia. And I am severely concerned that that is going to be what happens. And that just goes to show you how much euphoria has given us trust issues, because if they're like, even if they're just trying to give Gia like more character development, it doesn't matter. We read it as like, you're about to kidnap her and sell her into sex slavery. Like anything can happen on the show. You put us through the emotional ringer no matter what. So that is what you just said right now. I could absolutely see it. Which is which is so sad because what if Sam truly was just trying to like show us Gia? I'm like, well, you have taught us not to trust you. Okay. Yes. And then you leave all these plot holes, right? So we don't see Lori wrapped up. So now I'm over here like, is maybe this is what's gonna happen. Maybe it's not. Who knows? This is there were too many questions. Um let's go to Nate and the and Cal. Um Okay, so my friend brought up a really good point. My friend Pia, she's been on the show before. She said, Mm -hmm. why, if he knows he's called the cops, does he have a gun with him? 
like he's going to threaten to shoot him or something like he's not going to. And I was like, oh, yeah, I so I was I said the same thing. Like, why are you calling the cops, but then bringing a a gun with you and Um, drinking? Yes. Yes. And I think when Nate shows up and Cal is like hanging out. And the first thing, all I could focus on was the fact that Kylie Minogue was playing in the background. And I was yeah. like, Cal, Cal just <laughs> listening to Kylie Minogue is amazing. But I, yeah, is he just gone? I mean, Jules destroyed the the, mm-hmm. the CD. So, and Cal's arrested. And what? Like, what? And like, and, and, and Nate is clearly like handing them over the, the, the hard drive or whatever with the stuff on yes. it. And so that means that Cal is going, I guess that's a wrap up on his story. I guess. I don't really seems- know. Oh, question. Okay. Wait, I just had a realization. So Fez might not might, he's going to prison. So maybe Cal and Fez <laughs> will meet in prison. I don't know. I don't really want to see like, a prison set in euphoria. Like, I don't want to have to be going to like, I don't want, I don't want to have to deal with like gang fights in prison and like all the other storylines that you can get from that. That's just a very different show. This was a show about high school students and that's what made it intense, but like really relatable. And then now you're going to have, now you've added like a really intense layer. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. What are they going to do with Fez? That I can't figure that out for the, life of me i'm like is he gonna take like a plea to be an informant on like that's what my friend said too because my friend was like they we don't want him in prison so how else is he gonna get out of it other than plea pleading out that's all i that's all i can think of because what what are we gonna do watch lexi go visit fez and in prison for the whole next season that that sounds awful like that sounds horrible i do not want to see fez in prison I don't want to worry no. about I don't want to worry about him over there. I'm going to be thinking about it constantly. It's going to stress me out every single episode. Like, is he OK in prison? I don't mm-hmm. need that stress. It's a different show. That's not the same show. Like, then they've just taken it. That's why I'm almost convinced he doesn't fully know. But it is about this is based on his life. Lexi's character is based on Sam Levinson's life as a kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should Google everything that happened to Sam Levinson. And then we can figure out what's he what he's going to do with this, because <laughs> it's clearly super based on his real life. Like, did he go to prison? I need to know, because the fact that we have to wait two years, I feel like and I mean this sincerely, this was irresponsible of Sam Levinson. OK, this was irresponsible to do this to us. First of all, to watch an episode of Euphoria takes so much emotional toll out of me. Like I have to mentally prepare. And there are times I can't watch it right before bed. Like if I if I'm having mm-hmm. a certain type of day, I'm like, I will watch it tomorrow morning in the in the beautiful light of day because I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So to get through it, like we're all kind of like riding on a roller coaster, gripping the handlebars, waiting for these things Like we have all the th- all the plots in our head. We have all the storylines going. Mm-hmm. And then you just leave it open ended. You introduce these scary characters like Lori and never answer what's going to happen. And then you're just not coming back for two years. It's irresponsible. Yeah, watching an episode of Euphoria is exhausting. I watch every episode twice because I'm like, I don't even know that I my brain could process what happened in this episode. Um, Same. And some of them even like three times. I'm like, like the first 
episode of the um, Lexi's play. I went back and watched two. It three times. Cause I'm like, is this real? Is this not real? What story is which, which character is who I can't, <laughs> I feel like my brain isn't keeping up and it's exhausting. And then, like you said, it's irresponsible to leave all these plot holes. Part of me is like, does Sam Levinson not know what he's doing? And then like, I mean, cause there's some good theories out there. Like, so is he like going to just pick one of them? Cause if I yes. was him, I'd, be on, I'd be scrolling TikTok, reading all these theories, listening to all these theories. He's like, like, Ooh, good oh, idea. Where can I go? Yes. <laughs> he basically like left it. So he's like, I actually don't know. So let's see what they say I should do. Did you see um, the actor who plays Ashtray? He was on a live and he said that originally Fez was supposed to be the one killed off. But Sam changed it like days before they shot the finale. Now, it could have been, I don't know if it was maybe a decoy because Sometimes they like don't want anyone to have access to what the finale is so that they don't have any spoilers mm-hmm. leaked. But let's live in a place where he wasn't faking it and he really thought he could kill Fez. And that makes that's ir- irresponsible again. Because if you were to kill Fez, the one we've loved the most, Hands down, like you can't if you ask anyone their favorite character, I usually go, who's your favorite character besides Fez? Because we Mm -hmm. all know we all know we love Fez. Fez is amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you really thought, Sam, that you could kill Fez and we would be okay, what is your problem? Okay, actually, let's go to the Fez and Ashtray of it all. I think I'm the only asshole that's like, I'm mad at Ashtray. I'm glad he's dead. I was so mad at him when he killed What's that loser guy's name? What's his name? Custer. Custer. I was, yeah. When I was so mad, I was like, Ashtray, can you keep your murders under control? I just want to know when Ashtray became a mute assassin. Like, what? He didn't speak and he's just like on a killing spree. What? Do you, I don't remember. Did he talk in season one? Yes. Yes. He talked a ton because he was like, everyone would go buy their drugs through him. Like, they weren't going to Fez. He was in there and being. I heard his only that, line this season was telling Rue to shut the fuck up while she was wrapping Tupac in the back of the seat. That was his only line. I heard that it's because the actor in real life got braces. And so they didn't want to incorporate that into the characters. So they figured out a way so that he didn't have to talk. Isn't that weird? Right? I mean. He's a teenager. Braces would be like a normal, like really. I, I would say that it would be strange to see Ashtray with braces. Like he's like, when did he go to the dentist? What dentist yeah. do you guys go to? You know what I mean? Like Fez and Ashtray at the dentist. Like he's all covered in tattoos. <laughs> like the orthodontist getting fitted for like I this I could see that being like we can't really make that work, but um. Yeah, him not speaking. And then when he killed, when he killed Custer, I was like, they had it under control, you idiot. And so when and now Fez can't go to the play. Okay, he could have gone to the play. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not because the cops were like right outside. But still, now he's got to take a murder rap for you because you can't keep your shit together. And then you thought you could get into a shootout. So I thought it made sense that he would die because here's a baby that was born into this life that like clearly didn't ask for it, only knows this life. It would make sense that he wouldn't go down without a fight. So it made Mm -hmm. sense like his his character could absolutely die 
and it would make sense to me. And mm-hmm. Fez would be like vengeful over it. You know, like we'd see Fez have more of like a an emotional motivation. But mm-hmm. I I know everyone was sad about it, but I was like, good. I'm glad Ashtray's dead. I'm mad at him. OK, he ruined everything. I was yeah, I was pissed. I was like, are you kidding me? When he killed Custer, I was like, this is. I don't know how I thought it was going to end if he didn't do that, because like you said, the cops were still right outside. But I like, know, right. But in my head, it was over if he didn't kill him. Yes. Like Custer okay, could Faye, just leave. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Faye, you're doing it. You're doing everything we needed you to do. A little too late, but you're doing it. And for him to just jump across it. I was so mad and I obviously was upset when he died, but I was more upset about like the emotions that Fez was experiencing yes. about Ashley's death than Ashley's actual death. Exactly. Which I don't know what that says about me, but that is like a whole other thing. And wasn't it Ashtray who in the shootout shot Fez? Wasn't that, wasn't yeah. it his gun? So the irony of that. I mean, and when he, when Fez was shot, I was like, what did I tell you, Sam? Don't mm-hmm. touch him. Mm-hmm. I can't emotionally you've done enough to us. Okay. Like the scene, the scene with Nate and Maddie with the gun to his head was so, so, so dark. The, the mm-hmm. acting was too good. Like they were too good. Maddie was, she was so good in that and believable in that scene. Ooh. I, I feel like the actors have said, cause do you watch that? Like after the show, like they do oh. the interviews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Especially at the beginning of this season when they were like the they were ending episodes like really odd. I was like, I need to know what the like the metaphor is here, what the symbolism is, because I'm a little lost. So yeah, I got really into it this season. Maddie, the actress, talks about how the scene with Nate, she's like, it was not hard to be scared because it was like I really was walking into my room and there's someone I used to love and he's got a gun facing me. And she's like, it was an actually traumatizing experience. And also mm-hmm. Fez, the act Angus talked about how the shootout. He's like, it totally felt real because yeah. there were actual like things going above my head. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Sam is definitely pushing it with the actors because he's just trying to make a, make a make a really cool TV show. But I hope they have like massive therapists on set because there are some scenes where I'm like, God, are, are they going to be OK? Cassie, especially. I'm like, can someone check on Sydney? Because every single oh scene God. she is losing her mind. She is unhinged, unhinged by the end, completely unhinged. And I'm like, like the, there has to be some sort of reality to this because I've never seen anyone like completely fall off the way that she did. Like her character arc was right? wild to watch, but the way that you almost like it felt so real. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. her experience and the way that she was portraying that and just like, yeah, I, it was heavy. There has like, to be something behind that, right? Cassie took. Cassie took some choices that were just like pure nervous, emotional breakdown for like the entire second half of the season. That must have been exhausting going into work every day to do that. They're like, okay, take 10. She's like, this is just one scene. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a lot for these actors. You know what else? I know this is so immature of me, but like I like I said, I used to so long ago, I used to want to be an actor, but I could have never done the sex scenes like I mean. I'm so immature that I just, I, I couldn't, I could not, I could not. What if like they got a hard on, I'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> God, Like I just, the sex scenes, I'm like, I, because they have to yell cut at some yeah. point. They're like action. 
Then they do it and then cut. Reset. <laughs> I, I could never. I could, I could never. never. I literally we, could never. Can we just talk about her sex scenes like at the beginning of the season with Nate, though? Like the when Nate, after he was beat up and he was like out of it, like in the hospital and he's like dreaming of this like life with Cassie and like fantasizing of her being pregnant and like, oh, he fell in love. But where did that go? Because after that, he treated her like shit and went right back to Maddie. And so great point. I didn't understand where that fit in. Was it just like, oh, his brain was all messed up because he was beat up? But like, why did we even have that thought process when we were just going to treat Matt or treat Cassie like shit the rest of the season? It didn't. You know what? You are so right, because I was like kind of excited. I'm like, ooh, let's see Nate in a happy relationship. Yay. Uh, But it was like it was clearly just him hallucinating. But then you're right. He treats her terribly after he gets out. Good point. I was, I was like, oh God, he's dreaming about Cassie being pregnant. Watch Maddie end up being the one that's pregnant. And how does he deal? With, I was like, this has to be something, right? It's not just like a, a random hallucination from him being like. That's a good point. But it was like, it was just one big fantasy scene that they got to shoot. And it w- didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of the rest of the season. It was good the point. Whole first part of an episode. It was the whole first part of an episode. Why did we waste? You're right. Like 30 minutes on that. You're right. Because it was just what a fantasy. I'm telling you, Sam was having too much fun playing with film stuff and like showing off because it's, you know, when you're on a set and they're like requesting certain film from Kodak to be like pulled out of the vault, like you feel special. And if you're a film person, which he is, you get Mm -hmm. like obsessed with it to the detriment maybe of the long term goals. Because mm-hmm. he just wanted to like make a whole fantasy segment because he could. He had like cool filters and shit. And then he was like, and we're done. That was just for fun. I just was wanting to show off the cool new stuff we got. Mm-hmm. I'm mad about that now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Levinson is irresponsible. And I fully agree. Question. So. Question. You know, the mm-hmm. scene that was supposed to be after the play with Rue and Lexi. And they're in, I mean, it's like a whisper scene that goes on for 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. it was, it went on too long for me. And I was like, can you speak up? Because Mm -hmm. this is really frustrating. And then they, like they hug, they conclude that scene. And the whole time I'm thinking this is really happening in real life. And I'm like, are you not going to mention Fez? Are neither of you going to talk about, oh my God, Fez and Ashtray, like none of that. But then it ends with them hugging and they like do the thing where they transition it to being the play. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, was that the play? So I felt the same way. And I fell down a TikTok rabbit hole. So I cannot easy to do. I I cannot take credibility for this. Uh, But someone was saying that Lexi did ask Rue to read her play. And they felt that that was the moment where she was getting Rue's approval and like mending their friendship. And that was put into the play because she really only cared about like everyone else is kind of like all these other characters, including Rue, have these like awful qualities and things like that. But Lexi really only values her friendship with Rue this entire time, regardless of all the bad things that Rue has done or the time she has used her or not been a good friend. But she really did not want to cause any more harm to Rue. And someone had mentioned that. And I was like, that 
that, that could make more sense because that I really makes sense. I like that theory. I think my friend even told me that one too, but she didn't explain it as well as you did. That makes sense because it was written because it had to have been in the play, but it really threw me off because I was like, wait, but why would you guys not be talking about? I just really needed them to talk about what happened to Fez. I just needed them to acknowledge Mm -hmm. it because it's making me crazy that when, when it was like the audacity of Rue saying, I stayed sober for the rest of the school year, not by choice. I said, excuse me. I said, what? No, no, no. And then she just walks off into like an alley. And I kept waiting for something to happen. My sister told me that Mm -hmm. she had a theory about the ending. She's like, I have a feeling that like right as we're about to end it, a white van is going to pull up and like kidnap Rue. Oh, God. And so as she was walking down that alley, I had that in my head. I was like, she's going to get kidnapped. She's going to get kidnapped. Nope. She's like, I'm fine, guys. Totally fine. I'm all good. Uh, And we're not. How irresponsible Sam Levinson is leaving us all up to create these ridiculous theories in our minds, regardless of whether they're going to happen or not. We look insane. (laughs) I'm literally reading into a curtain moving right now in this episode because this man is not telling me what the hell is going on. Like, this is I feel crazy. It's his fault. It's his fault. We are like dissecting and pulling everything apart. Now, what were your thoughts on the play itself? I actually, so my coworkers and I all watch this and like, we all get together, uh, like on Monday morning with our coffee and I'm like, okay, so oh, how cute is that? And, whatever. and so we were talking about it and we all had like very different opinions. And I think that I really, I liked the play because it gave me like, you know, we're watching a movie within a movie. Um, and one of my coworkers said, well, it felt really exploitative. Like Lexi is just like exploiting all these people and their trauma And I, you know, I thought about that and I was like, well, yeah, it's like essentially euphoria is like trauma porn, right? Like we're watching all these awful traumatic experiences of these kids and now they are watching trauma porn. It's like we are watching them watching this. And that felt really interesting to me. I agree. Um, And to see see yourself through someone else's eyes. Right. So they're all getting this view of how Lexi and maybe everyone else in school perceives them. so I thought that was great. I it did feel kind of gross and it like a weird direction for Lexi to go in. But Lexi, we saw this whole time, you know, didn't have a voice, right? She's always been in Cassie's shadow, as we know. Cassie pointed that out. But even to watch like the scenes, the flashbacks with their dad, watching it from Lexi's point of view, we saw her them go yes. ice cream into the playground with Cassie's point of view in one episode. Then we see it from her dad's, and she had no voice. She's clearly has all this anxiety. She lives in someone's shadow and she just feels like this like meek character, this meek and mild character. And how else was she going to have a voice around all these people that are doing crazy things all the time than to take a really bold step like this? So I thought it was awful and great at the same time. Is that, does that make any sense? I think that really, that really nailed it for me too. Like it showed us Lexi's dark side, you know, because someone who's been someone who's lived the life she's lived, which is not perfect. Got a lot of bad stories to tell. You're not going to be just this sweet, innocent girl. She's going to have a dark side. So her dark side is this willingness to expose everybody. And it was not flattering at all. For her sister, it was clearly like resentment towards her sister. Uh So and having her be kind of a nightmare to everybody backstage, like having when she's in that mode, she's just a horrible she's a terror. 
Um, so I thought that gave her a layer that was almost unlikable, which was mm-hmm. kind of nice to have because the rest of the cast has unlikability and she kind of didn't. The only thing that was, quote, unlikable was that she was mute in moments that she should have been speaking up. So this was mm-hmm. her speaking up. And I'm like, ew, I don't like this. Oh, that's good. I don't like it. Like, I'm a, she's allowed to have that layer. Um, I thought, number one, uh, the budget for this was ridiculous. OK, this was like. <laughs> triggering as hell for me a former theater kid in high school i'm like a rotating set okay like we wish and also that dance number okay where did you find trained dancers like 12 of them to do this and also okay this is high school the the cast would have leaked that this was a play all about nate and cassie you know what I mean? Like they all they're in high school. They would have been talking about it, but they're acting like this was the first time. And like as if the school would have let them do a whole scene where like penises are ejaculating. Yeah. OK, beyond that, living in a fa- living in a fantasy world now back to that, like yes. that was like re- the, my realistic brain was like, this would never fly. The principal of this school would have never allowed it. But then take that out of the equation, living in the land of euphoria. It was stunning. And I want to see this play on Broadway live. Can I please get this picked up for a Broadway production? Because they don't need to do anything to it. Just take the script, put it on Broadway, cast it. I will be there because it was so amazing the way it was done. That the gym sequence, that actor, uh, the one who was Kat's boyfriend, but is like all the different characters in it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Cassie's mom being so excited, clapping in the audience. She was stealing the show, Um, seeing Rue like it. But it makes sense now that she'd read it prior. So it makes sense that she was watching it, not shocked by any of it, because I was like, wow, Rue really likes this. And now it makes more sense that she'd already read it. So she was aware. Um, Maddie, Kat, I loved seeing the reaction shots. I'm same with you. It was like watching them, watching their lives. It was a really unique perspective. Um, was Kat even given a character in the play? I guess she was a very mild mm-hmm. character. Like, wow, Sam really took revenge on Barbie Ferreira. Damn. Um, I thought the way they incorporated the fight into it. Like, I'm like, how are they going to because tr- we, we know we have to see the Maddie Cassie fight. You have to do that. So the way they have it on stage and is it going to be part of the play? And I liked Jules reactions in that moment. Jules was kind of watching, unsure of it, but still like enjoying it. She's like, I think this is just the play. I'm not really sure. Um, so I thought it was across the board. Well done. The scoring was amazing. The use the really great, except for the fucking what was the interlude or whatever in the beginning or the prologue. And the first part of the play where they just had a flower and classical yes. music. I mean, I knew what they were doing. I'm a musical theater nerd, so I knew what they were doing. But I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. We, 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 we don't have all the time in the world. This is a, we need to see how this wraps up. Sam, again, he's irresponsible. OK, because he's like, mm, I need this to go on for two episodes. So I'm going to put this unnecessary prologue. Wasn't it like seven minutes? I'm really mad at him. It felt like seven minutes. I just need to go on my cat tangent for like two seconds. Please. Because take as long as I, you need. Again, 
Sam Levinson is irresponsible. What he did to Kat's character is offensive. I was so mad. I mean, I came for Zendaya and I stayed for Kat. Like that was for Barbie's character. Like that is why I started the show and why I stuck with her. Like I, as a person that like, as a, a girl that lives in a bigger body, like seeing someone like Barbie take this character on and you know, be, you know, we see her feel uncomfortable at the beginning of season one, but she starts to grow into this like understanding of her sexuality and of her body. And there's like one quote and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but like, it's something along the lines of season one with her character walking through the mall and everyone's staring at her and she is in her denim jumper. And she talks about how like, there's nothing sexier than like a fat girl that is confident and to completely write her character off and I know that there was like disagreements I think around the direction of her character it came out which I'm very curious about what direction they were going in me too I we just completely see her lose all of her confidence and I think that that's like a really I I think it's like an irresponsible message to send to people we see her not that you know the influencer scene I know a lot of people really liked it because we you know it's like, you know, we all see this stuff on social media all the time, that like body positivity and you should feel great about yourself and you're beautiful no matter what. And it's hard to buy all that all the time. And so yeah. I get why that scene was in there. But it just seems so uncharacteristic for Kat in that moment. And it felt like, you know, we're talking about depression and, you know, maybe not loving our body all the time, which is fine. But she, Kat was never the girl to be meek and mild and unsure of herself like how did she completely revert back to this without any we had no transition into that and then she's just completely cut off that's That's a great point there was nothing there was no moment where we saw why she shifted she just came into this next season like that yeah huh that's a good point even her clothing her makeup everything was completely muted on her i mean and is it be- was it, were they trying to say because she got into a relationship with someone that that's what happened? Even if that's not what they were trying to say, that's what I took away from it. And I, it felt, it felt gross to me. It, the whole thing felt gross. It's like Kat was very sure of like what she wanted, what she needed. And she thought she wanted a boyfriend. And now she's like, oh, this actually isn't what I want. So in like based on the character that they built of Kat last season, I would expect her to be like, listen, this isn't working. Now I have a brain disease. What the fuck was that? What was that? It was uncomfortable is what it was. I hated everything about that. That made zero sense, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. What was that? That scene, her, why would she ever talk like that? She's been, we watched this woman, her trajectory was, growing confidence, learning about herself, finding her truth. Then she gets in a relationship with this meek guy and he what ruins her. And now she doesn't know how to speak her truth. I get, it's almost like they, it's almost like Sam was like, okay, let's make her a really basic high school girl now. Yeah. I'm like, but she wasn't, she was turning into some badass bitch who doesn't care about high school and does her own shit. Exactly. She was uh, literally a dominatrix online. You're telling me she can't tell yeah. her boyfriend what he what she wants. You're telling me that that all of a sudden she has no voice, no ability to speak for herself, no self-confidence. No, all because of this kid that, that 
I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm telling you, Sam doesn't quite, I think he's lot like he knew what he wanted to do with Rue, but I think he kind of didn't know how to wrap everyone else into it. And he would do really interesting things with Rue's mom, like that character. He would, I just, I found her to be different from episode to episode. Like there would be an episode where she cared a lot. Then there'd be an episode where she barely spoke, especially in this scene where uh, what's his name? Eli. Is that his name? Elliot. Elliot. No, um, oh. her sponsor. Ali. Ali. Thank you. Yeah. There was a scene where he, where he comes over and is going to cook. Um, I had to triple check that that was the same actress because she was, her direction was to stand there, not say anything. And then he's like, okay, get out of the kitchen. And so she just gets out of the kitchen and I just thought, what did he forget that she would speak? I mean, she's been vocal her whole first season. She was so vocal. I thought it was interesting and maybe a choice because we do get the scene where she says, I'm giving up on you, Rue. Um, mm-hmm. From season two beginning, Rue was more visibly fucked up than she was even in season one. But that mm-hmm. mom could not have cared less. I don't even think we saw the mom in the first couple episodes. She'd be like, OK, bye, Rue. I'm like, what are you talking about? Her eyes... I mean, Zendaya is playing it with her eyes like shut, basically showing us. Oh, wait, I forgot. There was that stupid musical number. Remember when she starts doing a music number and then she's in the kitchen? I can't stand them. They make me uncomfortable. They make me nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where are we going? Why do why is she looking at the camera? I don't like it. Um, But the mom was just like non-existent. And if you're going to make that choice, then give us a little bit of background because it's like you get us you get us attached to things when, when we're watching a show. And then he just kept leaving them out. And so we finally got her saying, I'm giving up on you, Rue. I'm focusing on Gia. And then and then nothing else. We never saw her again in the finale. She wasn't there at all. Was she? No. Right. Not in the, not in the finale. No. Right. Mm-mm. So OK. But I thought uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, you couldn't have told me like that Rue wasn't living with Fez and Ashtray. I right? was convinced because before she stayed out like too late and she'd come home and her mom, you're taking a drug test. Where were you? Blah, 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 blah. And now she's out being stripped naked at a drug dealer's house doing a bunch of pills. And then no, no questions. I was convinced that she was living with them at that point. Same. A hundred percent. And so when she did go home, I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Well, where's your mom freaking out? Like, was the actress not available to shoot or something? So they had to like yeah. write the character out. It's what it felt like almost like maybe mm-hmm. she got another job and wasn't busy or was too busy. I don't know. But you're right. You're it right. Sense. <laughs> it made Again. no sense. Sam, oh, I'm sure he's getting so much hate mail. I'm sure because oh, so much. I don't do things like that because like I'm too I'm not going to write to someone directly. This is like I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. But like, I'm sure so many people are just like mm-hmm. this show was so deep for so many of us. Like you connected to it either because you knew someone like that or you were like that or whatever. So it was mm-hmm. a lot emotionally on everybody. Therefore, you have a lot of responsibility on your hands, Sam. And you have mm-hmm. proven that you are irresponsible. Can't irresponsible. handle it. Can't handle it. I like that someone thought that maybe Ashtray isn't dead. And I don't think that he could have survived that. I, I, we saw the little red dot go all the way up to his head. Like but- he died, guys. He died. Like there's no way they were shooting to kill at that point because he was trying to kill them. 
Yeah. So they weren't going to shoot him to injure so he could pick up another gun and shoot like they he's dead, guys. He's dead. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay because he he had to go and ruin everything because Fez could have gone to that. I'm convinced. Here's what I'm here's what I wish would have happened. Okay, I wish that Custer would have realized he wasn't going to get anything out of them because Faye was over there being a gangster saying everything for that recording. Wasn't it Lori, the drug dealer on that street over there? And then Custer would have been like, all right, guys, guess I got to go left. And then he would have had to do with the feds being like, okay, so wait, is it not? And then, and then Fez could have gone to his little play. They did everything, but give Lori social security number in that moment. And Ashtray had to go ruin it. Ah, How are you not figuring this out? How are you not understanding what she's doing? How do you not see it? And then you got to go stab him in the neck. That scene, though, oh, my God, where he's where he's like, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just got chills thinking about it. My hair just stood up. Oh, I couldn't look a lot of the time. I can't look when it's gory, but like I like extra couldn't look. It was just too tense. I was like, don't say anything. He can't gurgle mm-hmm. or anything because they're going to hear it. And the way they oh, my God, the way they had them slowly coming into raid. I couldn't understand, like, what's taking them so long? Just get in there already. <laughs> I was going nuts because at first she looks and sees that they move the cameras. Mm-hmm. Took me a second to understand, like, what just happened? Oh, they moved them because they didn't want them seeing them. And just she's slowly staring at it. I'm like, what is get in there already? I need to know what is what your plan is. And then Ashtray had to go and do that. He had to go barricade I, I himself was- in there. I'm pretty sure I was holding my breath like during that moment when you see them move the cameras again. I didn't, I was like, what is going And My wife was like, oh no, that's them moving the cameras. They're making sure that no one knows they're coming in. And I was like, but then you hear the noise outside and say, just like, and that moment you're like, wait, is the door going to come down now? Is it going to come down now? Is it going to come down now? And I'm like, and they really like dragged it on. They like shot over to another sequence and like went back and forth. I'm like, just let them raid already. So I can take a breath. Because I have not taken a breath. It was it was so intense. So to go from being like that, because we, we love that. We, that's entertainment. We love being sucked in like that. And then the way they ended it was she kisses. She kisses Jules on the forehead and walks out. <sighs> you know what, Sam? I'm going to watch in 2024, but I don't know what you can possibly do to make up for this. There has to be some forethought, right? Like there has to be something because again, on my TikTok rabbit hole that I have fallen down, I swear my whole for you page is just euphoria right? conspiracy to- <laughs> right now, but people were pausing. So in the episode where Fez gets knocked out by his grandma and yeah. they said, that's the first time Fez blacked out when he's coming back to people slowed that scene down. And one of the images is ashtray about to get shot by the cops. It's him like this. It's that moment right as he's waiting. I've seen three people slow it down now. And I'm like, so there's some foreshadowing here. There's some forethought being put into this. There has to be some way that Sam is going to, like, he has to have some direction. He has to. On to have, so- like, moments like that, like, that is so specific. And they do all that stuff, obviously, for a reason. Especially when you have, I think, created this fan base that is reading into every single move you make with a character. To go back and find something like that is, one, amazing. But two, like he's clearly putting some thought into this. And so part of me is like, I have to just trust that like there is going to be some resolution to all of these plot holes, but that is not how you end a season. And when Alana was on 
Ryan Bailey, she said she she was like, I have a feeling that he has every idea of where he's going with this, but we just don't know it yet. Yeah. And I said, fine. But if you know you're not going to be back for two years and again, why? Why? Why two years? You have a job. Okay, you have a job. And we all gave you a pass because of COVID. And now you're Mm -hmm. like, we know about COVID. Uh, Bye. Two years. Yeah. Enjoy. Oh, so rude. Um, Who are your favorite characters overall on the show? Oh, God. So, I mean, like you said, favorite characters besides Fez, because I think he is just the most lovable and ethical drug dealer I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, (laughs) I love him. Um, So for me, obviously, like I said, I came from the day I stayed for Kat's character for Barbie. I love her. I hated her character this season and, but I don't think that that's any fault of hers. And so I would still list her as one of my top faves. Um, Maddie, obviously Maddie is just a bad bitch and I love everything about her. Love her. Um, her screaming, Lexi, you're a fucking G during that play, I think was like one of my favorite moments of the season. Just like her dying. Like it was like her revenge and yeah, she just doesn't put up with anyone's shit. And I, I, besides Nate's and I really love that about her. Um, and I am a slight Cassie, like apologist. I, I do like Cassie a lot. I think, um, and I went back and watched season one again before this season started. And it's just the way that Cassie has been sexualized her entire life. It's like, no wonder that she's searching for love, no matter what that looks like, no matter who she has to hurt to get that. Um, and she obviously had that really close bond with her dad that was completely destroyed. She was desperate for love in season one. And she even talks about it when she breaks up the whole play. And I just, I had like a lot of empathy for her in a way that I think other people may not. I know a lot of people are not happy with Cassie. So yes, yes. I understand everything you're saying about Cassie. I agree. Like we've, they gave us all her backstory with being with her traumas and what she's experienced. Um, I, I find it funny that like, so when I watch Bravo shows, it's different because these are people now granted they're mm-hmm. produced more, more than in real life, but they're people mm-hmm. as where these are characters that are written and performed. And so I don't necessarily hate any of them because I can look at it like, Oh, they're being written to be this way. And how well mm-hmm. is it being constructed and delivered to us? And mm-hmm. so I think Cassie did, did the damn thing. I thought some of her choices in it as an actor were exhausting because they seemed like they were all up on 10 and I'm like, we need to get a little bit of layers for me to, because it was like, she just was screaming and crying mm-hmm. and making that same face every single scene. And I wish we had been able to get a little bit more. It just looked like the same thing. It looked like she was doing the exact same bit every single time. And so I was like, this is where I want Sam to direct them more on the acting point instead of, instead of just worrying about the setups of the shots, because of like, she's kind of just doing whatever she wants and this is hard to this is hard to access all the time and mm-hmm. seem genuine. Maddie, bad bitch, bad bitch. And we got this great um, back 
story on her where we got to see like the real side of her. And I think watching her accept that Nate and Cassie were together was like a cool viewpoint because mm-hmm. she decided to accept it. She didn't win that one. Mm-hmm. And she was cool with that. And it really humanized her and made us like, I made, it made me even more down with her. I love her. Um, I think Nate as a character is one of the most complicated and twisted things I've ever seen on television. Like we still don't fully know exactly what happened in his past. Was it with his dad? Did Cal do something to him? I we, like it's, there's a lot of things they're alluding to, but the actor Jacob Elordi is wonderful and terrifying when he is in that, when he's in that role, amazing work. Cassie's mom. I love a character actress. I love that woman. Just like she brought it to life. She gave it so much heart. And I think that uh, it's like a, a the role of her career, honestly, because she's done so much over the years. Mm-hmm. She has worked her ass off as an actress. She's one of those actresses that you really have to respect because when you're not turning into an Angelina Jolie making millions of dollars and you're just hustling and making ends meet off of acting jobs, that's a hustle auditions Mm -hmm. and having to like no casting directors and making just enough money and then booking a commercial to like supplement. It's a, it's a life. It's a life for sure. Um, I love Ali. I love him. I love any scene with him. He's very comforting. The moment where he, uh, where he gets in Rue's face and he like, the actor did such a good job of showing us him like realizing like, Oh my God, I just lost it. And it probably Mm -hmm. brought back so many other things for him. Um, that actor is crushing it, but a great, a great character to write. Like he's clearly been a crackhead on the streets and is not the safest person to be around Rue, but you never felt worried or, mm-hmm. or like she was in danger at all around him. Um, I feel like I'm just listing all the characters now. Fez obviously like I think whenever anyone says they like Fez, I'm like, that doesn't count. Everyone likes Fez. Like if imagine meeting someone who's like, I hate Fez. Can you imagine? Uh, uh, I think that we, that we would we would report them to the police. That friendship would be over before it began. Sorry, I would, I would literally call my local police station and be like, "Hi, um, I'd like to report some suspicious activity. Someone I know <laughs> said they don't like Fez on Euphoria, and I feel like they'd be like, we're noting it. What was their name? Is that just <laughs> that is like a sign that you're going to be a serial killer or something? Because you have to be a bad person if you don't like Fez. Um. I what I like about Lexi's character being revealed as kind of like a terror when mm-hmm. she when it comes to expressing herself is I I don't like the meek characters whenever they're like meek and timid people. I just don't connect. Mm-hmm. They drive me crazy. So I like that when she finally comes out of her shell, she's an asshole. I'm like mm-hmm. that tracks. OK, because I I don't like those meek people. And then she's a total asshole when she's in her director mode. Mm-hmm. I loved her. Um, I loved Lexi's like stage hand or like right-hand woman yes I loved her I thought she was great and then whoever like the stage manager was backstage during the play who was like I'm gonna throw up I like where is this great work great work all around um okay so what if you if you could do anything you wanted with that finale anything at all what would you have done I would have obviously removed that song uh, first of all, but second of all, I would have left us on a cliffhanger. I would have started to wrap up the Lori thing. Like something would have happened with that. 
you don't just give a teenager $10,000 worth of drugs, threaten her, shoot her up with morphine, have all the symbolism around her house, and then just be like, well, we'll talk about it in two years. Thank you. Number one, that is my number one. I'm like, we would have talked about Lori. I don't know. I don't know exactly what direction because I don't know if I want Rue being kidnapped and sold into sex slavery because I don't really want to see that. I don't want that to be what they're filming. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I bet Zendaya said the same thing. Zendaya's like, no, no, I'm not doing a bunch of like, I'm not now being trafficked. Um, but at least have like, I don't know, Fez pay it off or something. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have had Ashtray kill Custer. I would have had them like, well, I would have had them beat that 100%. I would have had like the fantasy hero version of that story where Custer leaves and then they're like going after Lori. And now Faye, Fez and Ashtray are like the dynamic trio that like, cause she says when in the, in that like after show thing, she says that Faye is actually like the missing piece to their group. Uh, to their little duo. It's true. Like she's the feminine side. Mm -hmm. She can like get him ready for a play, but then she's down when it comes like, she's like, uh, cause she, I actually understood why she couldn't say anything to Custer like privately because he would have maybe snapped. He's also already working with the feds. Mm -hmm. So she's like, fuck, I don't want to. So the way she did warn Fez was amazing. So I would have kept them like, together and ashtray would have just been like not murdering anyone and you know what i mean because i didn't need them to have a big shootout with the cops i didn't i wasn't missing that i think what we got away from was it was a a show about high school students and i Mm -hmm. think that that was what made the first season so great i mean they they were at the prom for crying out loud you know Mm -hmm. and so the shootout and all that stuff it's like well now we're in a different show like now, like with the way Rue was running around the town, my friend um, was like, how did Rue like cause hundreds of thousands of dollars in property damage throughout the entire neighborhood? And not one thing is happening to her. She just she got home and that was it. That was it. Nothing happened. Nothing at all. And and like her mom was like, I'm glad you're home. And like, that's it. Like they just yeah. it was it just totally dropped. But like you just did some shit when you were out running around trying to avoid going to rehab. So they made, they made some choices that, that took it to a place that forgot about the heart of the show. I thought, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was like, it was extreme and it was intense, but it was like, yep, this, this could be high school. Now we're talking like drug dealer shootouts with the fucking DEA agents that are busting in like, whoa guys. And now what are we going to do? We're going to have Fez in prison. Like you guys wrote yourself into a weird corner here because what are you going to do? He can't, either way he has to plead. I can't imagine him turning into an informant. I just can't. He was willing to take a murder rap for ashtray. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine him becoming a rat. I just can't. He seems way too like his think about his grandma. His grandma would never let him do that. And he knows he's like, his grandma taught him. So how, how are you going to do it? If you do make him an informant, it just would feel like a strange pivot for that character. But Mm -hmm. how else are they going to get him out of prison? And I don't want him in prison. So if I had it my way, Custer would have walked on out of there and they would have been like, okay, I'm going to the play now. And Fez would have gone to the play. Okay. That empty seat wouldn't have been there. 
And then when like Cassie got up on the stage and did all that stuff, Fez would have been like watching it. I would have loved to see his face in that audience. I really would have. It was a total missed moment. Like I wanted to see Fez watching that play a hundred percent. And that's the problem with Sam Levinson is he likes to like break our hearts too much. So he's Mm -hmm. like, he gave us the whole montage of them talking on the phone, which was so perfectly done because like, that is what it's like when you first start talking to someone you like, like Mm -hmm. you fall asleep on the phone, you wake up on the phone, like so, so cute and innocent. And then this happens. And that's why when you said that you're worried about Gia because they've introduced her in this loving way, because he does that. Yeah. They show us this beautiful relationship blossoming, blossoming. And then now this. They gave Fez so much more depth this season. I mean, obviously we get his backstory with his grandma, but we also get like when he's talking about like, oh, you don't believe in God, Lexi. Like you're getting you're getting his like you know, his like actual beliefs. Like there's more depth to Fez than just like him being this like drug dealer. And then you get, um, you know, his, they're on the, their phone conversations back and forth where he's like, Oh, I want to live on a farm and have animals and like his dreams and goals and beliefs for himself. And this idea that he, you know, this isn't what he wants, but it's what he knows. And there's, there's room for him to grow. And then, He's getting ready for the play. And he's like, do you think other people will think I look good? Like that I can't with that sick. line. Oh, my God. <sighs> I can't. Like- and you do that to us just to break our hearts. Mm-hmm. You do that like you make you give him the most lovable line. Do you think other people will think I look handsome? Yeah. And you make Faye lovable, too. She's great. She was an amazing addition to this season. I think she is hilarious, but also like so needed, like you said, for that dynamic between Ash and Fez and then adding Faye in. Like it just made sense. And she I think she killed it. I I agree. I think that it would have been fun to see that trio play out more. And now we got to deal with this stupid two-year gap and we're all just going to be continuing to come up with theories and ideas of what's going to happen. He's made us insane. Okay. I'm sending him my therapy bills because this I agree. Is offensive. <laughs> I'm going to sue Sam Levinson <laughs> for emotional damage. Do you think that they'll do like um, any more of those specials in between? So did you watch the Rue special and the Juice Jewel special that came out in between? Do you think they'll I, do that with other characters? I have not watched those. Are they good? Are they worth it? Yeah, I think it gives more context to the moment with Ali and uh, Rue in that moment where he okay. kind of loses it on her. Um, he talks about his relationship with his daughters and like not having seen them or spoken to them and really having to earn their trust back. And he takes a moment where he goes out and takes a call with them and you see this like, man trying to rebuild a relationship that he destroyed with his daughters and it gives more context to why he feels so strongly about rue and why at that moment when he loses it on her i think it takes him back to this is how i treated my job like this is the the man that i worked so hard to not be and she picked at that bone when she said something about no one's like looking to you to be a father or whatever and that she knew how what nerve to strike and his reaction was i think watching that special felt made it feel like more important and like more beautiful to watch him like self-realize of like, wow, she knew what to say. And I got me there. Yep. 
and I am not this person. And so I still have more work to do on myself as well. And the Jules episode, I think was really interesting. Um, just discussing like her ability to understand who she is and her gender and like how that played into her story and who she's become as a person. So I thought that they were really well done. And I would, yeah, I would suggest watching them because I think it made a few of the other scenes have a little bit more depth having watched them. Do you like Jules? I don't. I I want to, but I'm like, you just, she pisses me off. When she started hooking up with Elliot, I was like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) So mad. It's such a complicated relationship with Jules. And I feel like I think that I don't like her, but I have to, that I'm like, why is she responsible for Rue's well-being? Why do I dislike her? I dislike her her because she left Rue. I dislike her because she was drinking around Rue, but didn't want Rue to use drugs. I don't like her because she, you know, cheated on Rue, but was Rue even really in that relationship? No, you're right. So I think all the reasons that I dislike her are based on Rue. That's fair. If I look at her objectively as a person, she, or as a character, like, she is so lost and trying to find herself just as much as everybody else is, but her vices are different. Yeah. And so I wanted to I've, see, like, I've worked through that. I wanted to see Kat and Jules more. They were in the first episode of the season. They were like hanging out at the party and Kat's like, could you find Rue? And she's like, oh, obviously you didn't because we wouldn't be hanging out. And they're like, I know, right. Let's hang out more. And I'm like, yes, let's hang out more with these two. But we didn't get that. Well, the first the first season, they introduced Jules as like someone I think that went to summer school with Kat. So like that's how Jules became like was brought in. And so I think that that's why she was like, oh, I thought our friendship was going to be something more. But then, you know, you'd need to write Kat a character uh, in order to have her and Jules develop their friendship. So what do you think Sam was going to do with Kat's character? What was so bad that like. What do you think? It's got to be something just like dangerously sexual. I think either that or my, I think that we started to see her, like her pull back. And I think that she didn't like that. Like she built this character of like strong, confident woman and you're stripping her of that. And I think that she, like, that was my first assumption was that she didn't like the direction of where this character was going because everything that happened in the first season to strip that away from her. That's not who Kat is. And I, that was my assumption, but I know that there was some conversation and I think you had talked about it on your podcast at one point too, about um, uh, Sydney Sweeney wanting to have some of like the nude scenes taken out because she didn't feel comfortable. And Sam Levinson worked with her on that and did remove some of those things. So I'm like, was there something too dangerously sexual and uncomfortable that like he wasn't willing to part with on Kat's character and that's why they wrote her out? Or is it because the cat's character was going in a completely different direction? I don't, I don't know. I like that first theory. I think that's a good one. Like, like she just simply was like, this just seems to be like, I'm not comfortable filming this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, if you're not comfortable filming it, then it just doesn't track though. But I could see, I don't know why I could see it. I feel like um, what's her name? Minka Kelly, who played the woman who Maddie mm-hmm. had that interesting dynamic with the mom of the kids she babysat that we just didn't see anything from. Um, 
she was supposed she was written to be nude in her very first scene. Mm-hmm. And she had to say to Sam, like, hey, um, I don't know anyone yet. I'm new here. Like, can I not be naked? And I do think that sometimes Sam is doing that too often. I'm like, can you mm-hmm. stop making him naked? It's just like I get that. And also, look, the penises, let's let's do it. But did I need to see the guy sit on the toilet with his penis oh. like that? Oh, oh. Like, at least when we show boobs and vaginas, because I get that what we're doing is releasing the penis. Like, we're finally yes. like the, the Hulu uh, series, Tommy and Pam. They mm-hmm. have him talk. The penis is talking yep. like I get we they all got together and said, this is the year of the penis. But let's not make it disgusting, please. Yeah. Yeah, I, my I still can't get that visual out of my head. Like, I think about it randomly. and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm traumatized. Like, I can't. Or when Fez's grandma walks in and shoots his dad in the kneecaps and then his dick's Thank just hanging you. out there. Like, scene one. Why? Why? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Now, do, that has to, that's all prosthetics, right? Or do you think that's just their dick? I think that's just them at this point. With Cal's character, he said that that was a prosthetic. When it had that, to have been. Yeah. I'm like, but Cal. otherwise. Also, did Cal's dick need to be out that whole time? (laughs) Half the time. Give me give me half of it. Like, put it away. But like every time they kept shooting back, I'm like, it's still out. It's still out. And then they don't really show him put it back in. So when he's finally leaving, I'm like, is his dick still out? I was so focused (laughs) on that that I forgot to pay attention to what he was saying. And then I I had to go back and rewatch the scene and listen to what he was saying because people were like that monologue was so great. I'm like, all I could focus on was his penis. It was making me nervous. Is it bad that I think I'm just immune at this point because there were so many this season that like I forgot it was out halfway through his monologue and I didn't realize until I went back and watched it the second time. I was like, oh, wait, we're still here. The the euphoria effect is like now you're desensitized to because it has to be like full frontal nudity requirements because like the shower scenes, like when they're in the gym locker room, like they are 100 percent just fully frontally nude. Yes. And I am too immature to handle it. I am too immature. Like, I'm like, okay. Even when there's boobs, I'm like, I, I need to grow up (laughs) because I am embarrassed. Okay. I feel like at the beginning of the season, every time there was one out, I was like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing this. And then by the end, I'm like, I didn't even realize Cal had his, had his out the whole time. No idea. Completely lost it on me. And I guess that was like (laughs) what they were going for. They were trying to desensitize us to the visual of a penis because it's like it's been banned for so long. Yeah. Like what mm-hmm. I just want to know what meeting was had up at like the censorship boards where they were like, it's the, it's time, guys. It's time. They've been writing yeah. letters. It's just time. we got to show the peen. Um, OK, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Why don't you tell right. everybody where they can find you? Sure. So I'm on uh, Instagram at Bravo and Booze um, and also on Twitter. But uh, Bravo Twitter is a dangerous place. So I really try to stay on Instagram. So probably the best place to find me. (laughs) I have a question about Twitter. Like, why do I always seem to miss it? Like, I feel like when I go onto my Twitter, I'm like, where are these tweets that people see? Like, do I, am I just not looking at it right? What do you do? Do you search hashtags? So I search like after 
an episode of Housewives, like I will search each housewife because especially Salt Lake City, yeah. they're quick to retweet things and say a lot of things. Um, and same with Potomac are very active on Twitter. Not every franchise is, but okay. um, I found with OC, Noella does not hold back, obviously, anywhere. OK, so that's um, but, the tr- that's the pro tip. Like watch it. Yep. Like know that there's an episode and go immediately to look and see what they're tweeting. Yeah, that's typically what I do. Otherwise, okay. I feel also very lost. So, yeah, I like every time I log on because some, like someone will post on their Instagram like a tweet and I'm like, oh, let me go to Twitter to find it. And then I'm like, I just have CNN and like Anderson Cooper. And I've even like unfollowed these people, but they just for some reason are on. I never go on my Twitter. So, yeah. Anyway, well, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. This will not be the last time. I promise you that. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind, could you do a little rate and review? Maybe even subscribe? All of the above? If not, hey, I get it. No pressure. I'm also on Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way for content creators to get some monetary support from their followers. And it's just very easy. Buymeacoffee.com slash She Speaks Bravo. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And of course, if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Not going to lie. I just post the exact same stuff on both platforms. So no need to follow both. But um, love you guys. Mean it. And I'll see you next time.